Hello and welcome to the Earthly Roots podcast where we chat all things gardening, homesteading and connecting to nature. We're your hosts Diane and Robin. The Earthly Roots podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome back to the Earthly Roots podcast. My name's Diane. My name is Robin. And we're super excited to chat to you guys all about business today, but we're not focusing on the costs or what you make or what kinds of businesses you might have. Today, we're going to share a bit about our own small businesses and what it takes to run them and start them and take them from an idea to a real product that we're sharing with the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of a chatty episode as well, kind of as usual, unscripted. Oh, yes. um, but we <laughs> thought we would just kind of share yeah, what we're doing with our businesses. Uh, because I know I personally, when I listen to podcasts, I like to feel like I can relate to who mm-hmm. is talking. And while you might not all have businesses, I know a lot of people at the moment are looking towards little side hustles or just hobbies that they might want to someday create into a business. And we thought we'd chat about what we have done. Um, it's a little different to our other episode where we chatted all about YouTube and making a living on a rented property, mm-hmm. which is a great episode if you have um, listened to that. So that's got more information on how you can make money from YouTube, how much money we make um, and all yeah. of that. So we both have YouTube channels, but we have both branched out a little bit from YouTube and yeah. we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, and I mean, YouTube still forms a big part of what we both do, but I think it's more so this episode, even if you're someone that doesn't have a small business of your own or you don't want to have one, it's to get kind of an insight of what it takes for a small business to get off the ground and why it might be best to support a small business or a local farmer as opposed to going and just buying something from the big shop. It really kind of outlines where that cost is coming in. Yeah. 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 And they are like both of our businesses are related to homesteading and gardening as well. So we thought, you know, it could fit in with the podcast really well because that's what we chat about here. Yeah. Yeah. So we might say what our businesses actually are. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I feel like you're you're much more established in your business because you've had a plan, you've been executing it for a while and now Mm. you're fully actualizing it. You're getting your product out there to the customers and getting something back. So yeah. I think yeah. we should start off. It's yeah, only okay. right. <laughs> well, yeah. So I have um, for about a year and a bit now been wanting to start a flower farm, mm-hmm. which is now what I've done and I'm selling flowers. So they're all cut flowers, spray-free, chemical-free, organically grown, and I grow them in my backyard. So amazing. So, yeah. So I've kind of created this backyard business, which I've always wanted to do mm-hmm. my whole life pretty much. I've always been... I don't love the term entrepreneur, like I really don't, mm-hmm. because it has so many other connotations with it these days of like the Jake Pauls of the world and mm-hmm. not into that, sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've as a kid, like I was always trying to think of ways to make money from the backyard or selling things. And I think that's only natural. That's what a lot of us want to do. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I live in on my 
in my almost house. So we're taking care of this and renting this house. So it's a rented property. It's not my own, but I do, I'm lucky that I do have the freedom to do what I want with the garden. Um, But yeah, I'm in a very privileged position to be able to do that and decided to grow flowers, lots of annuals this year and now selling them both at our first market coming up well we've been doing some markets but I will personally be at the markets uh, for the first one next weekend and then selling them in stores as well and was that always the goal for you to be selling your flowers at the flowers market or were you hoping to eventually get into something more or is this where you want to be so it's kind of yeah a stepping stone to where I want to be so eventually one day I'd love to own my own property have a flower farm, uh, be selling flowers and have it a place where people can uh, come and get married and have elopements and also to take photos on my own property. Yeah, so it won't be open to the public per se, just by appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of the the dream in the end is to do something like that. And I like I love going back to what Jess from Roots and Refuge says all the time, turn your waiting room into a classroom. Yeah. That is the right saying, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Wait, yep. <laughs> or turn. Yes. Yes. So therefore, like your garden is your classroom. Exactly. So no matter where it is. Yeah. So I'm waiting for what will eventually be my life. But right now I'm learning how to flower farm on a larger scale because I've grown flowers for years on a very small scale, just backyard yeah. and on just, you know, growing in like a cottage garden. But I've never really cut them for myself. I was always just enjoying them until I started to cut them and enjoy them inside my own house and then just thought it might be a way to meet people and make a bit of money on the side. I love that. I love that you've taken something that is a passion and something that uh, just brings you so much joy in your everyday life Mm. and being able to turn it into more of a business. And we'll Mm. touch on that a little bit later on as well is the difference between a passion or um, a hobby and then also the difference Mm. to a small business and a bigger business too. Yeah. For me, um, I'm starting up something brand new and I guess I'm taking a bit of my own passion and creativity. I've always been a creative kid like yourself Mm. where I would would make things and then try to find a way to sell them or like convince my mum to buy them from me even though they're things from our home. Um, And so I think it was only natural that eventually I would do something more with it than just keep Mm. it for myself. And my best friend's been encouraging me for years Mm -hmm. to just kind of pursue it and you know I'm so first of all I should say that uh, the business that I'm starting up at the moment is all about macrame and just really beautiful ethically made Australian based ingredients and materials put into um, macrame pieces so whether that's keychains maybe one day I'll do wall hangings I guess we'll just see how much time it all takes up for me Um, And then also making lip balms and salves and natural products from the garden. So Mm. I kind of want to take everything that makes me happy and brings me joy in doing and turn that into something that can sustain my lifestyle. And I think that's what a small business allows you to do. It's, It's not so big that it takes up all your time. It's just as big as it needs to be to 
to be your income to allow you to do the things that make you happy and if it's yeah. something you can see yourself doing day in day out then go for it is yeah, what I exactly. think yeah we should also just mention what our businesses are called yes. so so I have ethical wonder is the macrame shop yes. that I'm working on and my flower farm is called The Patch in Bloom. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our Should we talk businesses? about coming up with the names of that? I was going to suggest think, that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big part of a small business is having to come up with a name, a logo. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. those are like the basic blocks because when you start to market yourself out there and put your shop out there with others, you know, people want to know that what they're buying isn't just like a random... Yeah product that they don't quite trust mm-hmm. like your branding really does form the trust with your audience yeah that what you're selling is legitimately a good product yeah definitely yeah and I mean you also need to um well first of all you kind of need to start and have an ABN and then you can register your business name as well yeah. so it's important to have the name in mind when you are starting out yeah so yeah. how did you go with finding the patch in bloom or even the yeah. nature patch as a name um, well, yeah, so we, we both also have two different businesses, yes. which is one is our YouTube business and then one is the side, like actual physical products. Um, but with both the nature patch and the patch and bloom, the patch and bloom was a play on the nature patch. Mm-hmm. And I've just always loved like the patch. I don't know, the veggie patch. Yeah. It's just something that I grew up with watching Gardening Australia, watching Peter Cundall just talk about the patch and it's just fond memories that I wanted to play off and then adding nature in. I am like, you know, I do ecology and environmental science. So yeah. I wanted to add that in there. And the patch in bloom is just like where the vegetable patch used to be. The main flower farm area used to be my Upper's vegetable patch mm-hmm. as well. So it has, it's really great nutrients because there was a lot of cow manure that went in there. <laughs> um, but I just really liked the concept of, turning that patch into a flower farm and it is also sentimental um, because it's my dad's parents vegetable patch area yeah and it's cool to look back on those photos and see the patch and then the flower farm now so I I can just imagine one day you'll have your own little studio like in your wedding venue and it'll just have like photographs of the patch in different moments in time I love that yeah that sounds so beautiful yeah um for me coming up with so our YouTube channel is called Diane and Samson I mean that's because it shares our lifestyle and any journeys we go on we weren't quite sure the direction the channel will go in Mm -hmm. and it just didn't make sense to name it anything else but As far as ethical wonder, I hopped online to a name generator and we did the same thing with earthly roots as well. And the cool thing about those kinds of sites is you type in a few keywords that focus around your business. So I typed in things like ethical, Australian. Um, I think I tried to type in our um, suburb name as well, because Mm -hmm. back then when the idea first started out for me, I was going to market it at the markets, at the farmer's Mm -hmm. markets. And so it made sense to keep it local. Um, But for me, I really wanted to make sure Like I said before, the materials that I'm using are Australian, that I'm looking into every single thing that's going into the products, whether that's the macrame cord, uh, the keychains I'm using, the flowers I'm sourcing, the oils, all of those things, and then bring that into every product that I make because that's kind of the ethos that I'm following with the Mm. shop that we have. And I mean, that's not to say that 
every shop and every product out there needs to be that way. That's just what I want to focus on and what makes my business different from any other macrame business. Mm -hmm. So typed in all those words and then it comes up with like all these different logo types and fonts and names and you just keep searching until something just keeps sticking with you and I screenshotted a few and then kind of worked in um, like worked in different words then I went on Instagram and I mm-hmm. typed that up as a yep. new account name and if it came up as already taken, I would go back to the drawing board and I would look up some more names because at the end of the the day, your identity Mm -hmm. is how new people are going to find you. And if I'm marketing it to more than just my local area, I want to make sure that, you know, it's accessible Mm -hmm. and people can type in ethical wonder and find me straight away. Yeah, definitely. That was something I had to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good one to, if you have an idea, to go to Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you're in Australia, the business name registry, you can yeah. see, uh, because if even if you have a name that is um, different to someone else's, you might still not be able to actually have the name yeah, right. uh, because it's too similar. So they will tell you when you put in the your name idea onto, I don't know what it's called. It's if you just type in Australian business register mm-hmm. list. Uh, you'll be able to type it in and see what other businesses come up as well yeah, and see if it's similar or not. And seeing that's something mm. that you wouldn't think of when you're first thinking of starting a small business. And yeah. I'm hoping those are like the little bits that we bring up for people to think about that it's not just name the business, make your Instagram page, make your shop and that's it. Like yeah. there mm. is quite a few other steps and elements into it that once you start the process, you're having to think about, as you said mm. before, um, organizing your ABN, organizing yeah. everything you purchase in a document to make it mm-hmm. easy to access. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we could also chat about like, the very initial stages Mm -hmm. of what a lot of people do is turn the hobby into the business. So what are those kinds of steps? Because you can actually be selling um, at markets or smaller shops and things like that and not actually have it under a business. Mm -hmm. You still do have to obviously declare whatever money you get for tax purposes, but a business, you can either have it as a sole trader or a company. We're both um, sole traders, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, because that is, first of all, it's just a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. There's less legalities around it. I actually haven't beginning. looked into the opposite of it. Yeah, Yeah. well, a, if you go registered as a company, you then remove your identity associated with that. But okay. if you're a sole trader as a business, then that means you, you yourself and your personal finances are also tied to that. Mm-hmm. So it's only in case, you know, you go into debt or anything like that, the banks then take also your business. If it's a company, it's a little bit different. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. And I guess um, you just got to kind of do that research. I remember doing it with Dine and Samson. So Ethical Wonder for me is is just the shop part of Dine and Samson. So it's all under the one name for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know for you, you've got those two different businesses. So you got to name them and do the taxes and everything for it. I'm actually 
So I'm waiting for June, which is our tax season, to sit down with an accountant and just figure everything out. Because I feel like for so long I've been doing my own taxes, but bringing in a business and now that it's earning an income has been really daunting. So I've just been saving everything I can, trying to separate out our bank accounts so Mm. that the business bank account has one place that things are coming in and out of. And then I've got my personal one and I'm going to sit down with an accountant and say, please help me out, make it easy for me, make it make sense. And then I'll be able to do it again myself. Yeah, I think that's when you, if you get to that point, that's when you can also, Mm. you know, change it from a hobby to a business. In my opinion, I I think that if you do want to create a business eventually, start it out as soon as you can, Mm -hmm. because then you can start to get all of the like backend stuff sorted. You can get all of your bank accounts sorted, Excel spreadsheets or QuickBooks or whatever you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't think you need to invest in accounting software in the beginning unless you love that kind of thing, which I really don't. Okay. <laughs> Excel has worked really well for me. Excel is wonderful. The yeah. things you can do with Excel are incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just really depends on what you're selling and how many different types of products you have, because then you need to track it all, track your sales, track all of your expenses, which we can go into detail as well. But yeah, I just thought like bringing up the whole difference between a hobby, which is where you don't have an actual business name and you're not tracking your expenses Mm -hmm. and your income and things like that. It's just then going, it's like pocket money versus a business, which is more structured Mm -hmm. and you are recording everything if you do want to have a business and start all of that soon. Yeah. And I guess the business end of things is you're hoping that it will grow into more in the future, that it's not just going to stay stagnant and small. There's going to be an increase in things. Um, But let's come back to the creative process of starting Mm. a business. So after you've decided the name, you've had to think about how you're going to capture your expenses and your outgoings. Um, let's talk about logo. What's mm. a way that you were able to come up with your logo, the colors, the photography, the font, yep. and um, something that made it easier to bring it together? Mm. Yeah. So for me, the logo was actually one of the last things that I did um, because I that's just how I rolled. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Graphic design and marketing, that's something that I'm not really that comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I need to be in like a really calm headspace to be able to sit down. And I just use Canva, which is the easiest software. Yeah, would definitely recommend. I would recommend uh, paying for the premium because you just get so much more. Mm -hmm. And um, it does pay off in my opinion. So, yeah, I just used Canva and I just got a bunch of other logos that I liked the look of Mm -hmm. that were flower farm related or just related to what I was selling and, um, yeah, played off those and just went through. I went through so many different fonts to find one that I liked and in the end it's just very clean and sharp, really clear so you can just see the name Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I just chose a little, it's like a dried flower from the list of canva it's canva just has so many different graphics that you can use you do have to check on canva sometimes whether you can use it for logos uh, which most of them you can you just can't trademark them obviously Mm -hmm. which i'm not going to do it's not my artwork so yeah. yeah Yeah, I kept it pretty simple with my logo as well. I just use mm. the free tools on Canva. Mm. And I think it's it's something that I could easily change and alter in the future if I would want to. Like if I wanted to get 
a um, local graphic designer to help me out with. But for now, just while I'm establishing myself and figuring mm. out, because I am at that, those very early stages, figuring it out if it's for me, if it's something that, you know, makes sense in my life as well. I just want to keep it simple, yeah. get it out there and then be able to alter it if I need to as well. And I think that's yeah. okay too. Yeah. And I think it's just important to just do what colors and fonts that you personally like, because you're the one going to look at it all the time. And it's then going to play off your personality, which if, you know, like us, my audience is also on YouTube and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people will come from that too. Same with your, your shop as well. So they're going to want that association association with you and your personality which the color you chose was really beautiful oh yeah green background and and that's that's it like that is a color that I think encompasses our our ethics and just Mm -hmm. who we are like we are one with nature (laughs) and when I think of nature all I see is green (laughs) exactly yeah yeah and then like with our logo so as I said it's an extension of the Dine and Samson brand and then yeah. the ethical wonder is just the name of the shop so that it's not just called shop dine and samson because yeah. i wouldn't shop that <laughs> but i just have yeah. dns at the back and oh my god tell you what i realized the other day yeah <laughs> and this is something that you know you might want to keep in mind when naming a business the acronym for our shop is literally ill <laughs> what is it ew ew what do you what ethical how is that? wonder oh yeah so, I mean, if I was ever to be like, yeah. you know, this is my shop, <laughs> ew. <laughs> What's mine? TNP. No. No, that's the nature patch. See, but could you imagine having like yeah, an acronym really. that would have an association with something negative? Like I didn't even think of that. Neither did I. What is mine? T-P-I-B. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal. And if anything, yeah. it's a funny story and like a funny connection to make. Like I can easily make a meme and market it that way in the future. But yeah, it's just those little things. Yeah. I would never <laughs> think of it like that though. Cause it's so, it's two words. I feel like once you get to three words and four words, then acronyms are better, but two words, it's fine. Yeah. You wouldn't really acronymize it. No. Is there a word? <laughs> Short of Who it. knows? We're not here to talk about spelling and no. grammar. There's and no whatever. teachers around here, right? Mm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we can, um, talk, talking a little bit more about the setup, other than logos, um, just thinking about the products mm-hmm. is probably a little bit more important to get the products done and a big part of that is paying a little bit of money up front to be able to have something to sell because yeah unless you just start a business it's not free yeah exactly and there's a few different ways you can do this you can either invest your own personal money credit cards which I wouldn't recommend uh and or you can you know use it from another hobby source of income that Mm -hmm. you may have had so uh how are you funding the shop? Are you using it from your YouTube income or Patreon or? Yeah. yeah. So um, as far as Dine and Samson goes, we started off with just our savings. Yeah. And so the initial investment in that would have been like camera gear. And we started with um, like a simple camera and then we upgraded when we were ready to like once we started actually recording our homestead and what mm-hmm. we felt was our content. Um, so camera gear, audio gear, all of those kinds of things and a laptop that could actually handle editing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, and then Premiere Pro uh, would have been like all of our initial costs. As far as Ethical Wonder, 
uh, because it's macrame. So I'm investing in the cord. I'm investing mm-hmm. in um, the keychains. I'm investing in packaging. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got to actually send the product from yourself to someone else or sell it at the market. And sometimes that involves packaging as well. Um, what else? So little jars for mm-hmm. the balms. I'm trying to get in contact with the local um, olive farm to get mm. some oil in the area, nice. as well as flowers for when they're out of season or not growing in my garden. So yeah, those are all my initial costs. And I'm kind of trying mm. to use what I already have and yeah. invest in a little bit of at a time instead of buying, let's say like hundreds mm. of cords and then only being able to sell like a few to begin with. Like I would rather... Yeah pace myself kind of make 60 at a time and as the demand grows also order more yeah yeah that's pretty much the same as me with I mean all the YouTube side we've kind of chatted a bit about that but that was yeah just a hobby that turned into a little bit of money making Mm -hmm. so I've also tried to use all of that money from YouTube to then put it into the flower farm Mm -hmm. so it paid for all the compost the mulch in the initial stages a lot of things I just got for free. So I would get uh, a lot of seaweed in places where I could just go down and grab some seaweed where I knew it was ecologically okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not take more than you need. Exactly. Double check Spread the area first. Mm-hmm. And I used a lot of green manure to start out. Um, so all of the money that came from YouTube went straight back into the business. Amazing. Um, and then it was a lot of seeds in the initial stages as well. It was kind of tricky because a lot of the seeds I was just buying for myself. And then only this year, I've really started to delineate between the seeds that I'm keeping and the seeds that are just business orders. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's in, like useful for me to have the two separate businesses so I can track everything now um, rather than having it all together because my like the nature patch is also where I make money from all of the garden work that I do and online work. Uh, so bird environmental. Yeah. yeah. And anything else that, you know, is to do with YouTube that goes into that. And then the flower farm is its own separate thing now. Yeah. yeah. I really love that you kept it small and you invested back what you got into your business. Cause a lot of the time I feel like when people start out businesses and I mean, there's businesses out there that have a huge initial cost to mm-hmm. them that if you're trying to fund it with a credit card or even your own personal money or a loan, like if you start it, you get six months down the track and then realize it's mm. not for you, it is a huge loss and that can be really devastating. Yeah. So just starting small allows you to, if it doesn't go your the, the way you had hoped for it to or mm-hmm. things don't work out, it's a smaller loss and you mm. can move forward with your life. It doesn't become this huge burden. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't think you need that much money to start, say, a flower farm, Mm -hmm. for instance. I'm kind of thinking about how much around, how much you realistically could spend. It really depends on your soil. If you have great soil, then you you aren't going to need to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But I honestly think around, it sounds a lot, but like between $500 and $1,000 is a perfect amount to start with to buy some mulch, buy some compost, buy your seeds, 
grab seedling trays and all of that from the tip if you can which is what I did I didn't pay for hardly any of those or garden centers I just asked if I could have a few extras because they had them there Mm -hmm. there's so many things that you can repurpose to start a business and that's where I think it's just so much more if you can that is it's so much smarter to do it that way Mm -hmm. than invest money you don't have into a business that's then going to take five years or so to make money yeah and so while we're talking about cost um one thing that i'm sure has been and even for me has been a bit of a struggle to think about is what to actually cost your physical products when you market Mm. them to someone else like what's a fair price um what's it actually worth because when you think about it it's not just the materials you've used for the product it's also all the time you've invested into it especially with a flower farm i mean you're putting in so much time and hard work in raising those flowers from seed to flower head and then packaging Mm. them up to give to someone to put in their loving home and uh, you know how do you cost your time I don't. Yeah. (laughs) I don't make any money myself off the flowers. Like I don't pay myself yet, Mm -hmm. Um, which is where, again, I have the privilege to be able to do that because I have another job. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't pay myself for any of the time. It all just kind of sits there or it goes back into buying more things. Yeah. So because I'm only – I've only started selling flowers for – this is my – this is only my second month of selling flowers. Yeah, I know. It hasn't so been long, hey. It feels like a long time, but yeah, it hasn't really been that long. And I have made a really good amount of money in that time, but all of that money has gone back into mm-hmm. buying new things. So this week, for instance, I had to buy everything for the market that I'm going to be running and just have a little bit more signage for myself. So buying like outdoor vinyl signs from Vista Print is where I've been buying everything like business cards, signs, um, stickers, mm-hmm. all of that to just keep craft going. Craft paper. Craft paper, bouquets, staplers, ribbon, buckets. jars. Yeah. <laughs> like so if, when you stuff. start naming it, there's so yeah. much that you have to purchase yeah. because you can't just take flowers from your garden and just mm. give them to someone. Like they mm. need to be packaged up. They need yeah. to, you, you know, be presented. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't expect to make a profit maybe – until like a few months down the track Mm -hmm. um, depending on how winter goes and that's perfectly fine like I'm I'm fine with that because I I'm not going to need to buy the signs and everything else Mm -hmm. again um, I've just got to focus on growing more flowers and keeping on top of that Mm -hmm. but yeah I think when you start out I don't think it's realistic to like pay yourself a wage for your time or anything like that you can reimburse yourself for everything that you spend of course Mm -hmm. but timing wise yeah it takes a while to be able to pay yourself yeah and I guess that's where with different businesses and industries it really depends on what you're selling and what is a fair cost for it anyways like with a flower farm you're not going to sell your bunches for $50 when you Mm. know that at a market at that size they might only go for this kind of price and it is all about I would assume and correct Mm. me if I'm wrong that the more flowers that you can sell, then the higher price that you can set out there or that's when you're profiting from it because yeah. you're able to put more out there. But you're not going to get there in your first year or your yeah. second year even. Like that's really unrealistic when you're just learning and starting yeah. out. Yeah, so I think you can either do it the way where you do invest a lot of money in the start and then have more 
or you can do it slowly and then it it honestly will take about the same time to be able to start making a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just prefer the smaller route because I also don't know how long I'm going to be here for um, on this property. It's not our forever home. So it's also just a way to learn how to grow a business. Um, I'd like to stay here for you know a good few years, but it's all about learning yeah. how to do it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot that has gone into learning how much you do need to purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, when costing out like our macrame pieces, one thing that really helped me out is to go out there and see what other people are selling their products for. And, you know, you, you're going to have a whole range of prices. You're going to have prices based on the materials used, the size of the pieces, mm. where they're coming from and all other kinds of, um, things that come into it. And so when I was pricing our pieces, I kind of thought of it as what cost is going into actually making each thing. So Mm -hmm. the raw materials going into it, I did factor in my time because, you know, this is an extra thing that I'm doing in an already busy and packed out week. And it Mm -hmm. needs to be worthwhile for me to continue it. Um, and, And it just goes back to that sustainability for me that, if I'm doing something for free, like if I'm selling them for like $3 each, I mean, I'm just, it's not going to feel worthwhile for me. I'm going to get burnt out. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to cost me more making them and shipping them than Mm. it is bringing anything back. So that went into my thinking as well. Um, So how, uh, what are your products priced at? So so my pieces are priced at $15 Australian and that's based on the fact that that's about the average cost that other people are selling it for. But then I've also taken into account that the materials that I'm using, I'm being really thoughtful. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so it's not just a mindless product that is being put out there and bulk manufactured. It's really thought out every single thing Mm. that is going into the product. And I think that adds value. And I know that my audience personally would be interested in that Um, and trying to keep it as local as possible as well and creating that little niche in the market. Um, so yeah, so that's really what I've based my prices off and I might adjust them, especially Mm. once the shop officially goes live and launches, um, which I think with this podcast, it will have already launched and I just don't know yet because it's next week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think pricing wise, it's, it is really great to have a look around on stores like Etsy, Mm -hmm. local farmers markets, if you're selling fresh things for me, most of my bunches are set at twenty dollars mm-hmm. a bunch, and um, you know I probably could sell that more if I lived in a, a major city mm-hmm. uh, at a farmers market in like the center of Sydney. I could definitely price that up a little bit more, but that's where it's important to know your area and your local customers and people you want to attract. Mm-hmm. Um, it also does uh, mean. You also need to have a think about your why again, why you're doing this. And for me, it was to give flowers to local people. I don't want to be pricing it for the people just who come down to this area from Sydney to have a holiday who are willing to spend a lot more money. Mm -hmm. I could just go to those kind of markets. That is just for the holiday residents. But I really want local people. And that's why I priced it at the $20 mark, which I think is is a really great mark for flowers that are local 
spray free chemical free and organic yeah i think that's Mm. a really fair price like i would easily pay more money but at the same time like the fact that they're 20 dollars as a country person and a local i would want to continue coming back week after Mm. week and 20 dollars is a reasonable price for me to feel like i can justify that yeah yeah it's also like a a clean number as well i find with physical products like um like what you're doing Mm -hmm. it's you you can definitely play around with numbers a little bit more Mm -hmm. by doing you know you could have 14.99 or something like that which actually can i jump on that real quick yeah on our website so the website that we've got um for ethical wonder is fourth wall and the reason i picked it is because um the marketing person came up to me and they're like this is a great idea would you like to would you like me to give you more information about it but it's an american-based company yeah um and so what that means is at the moment they don't have the means to do australian dollar prices so it's all in us dollars and when you convert it like fifteen dollars US dollars so 15 US dollars turns into like 22 Australian dollars and I don't want to market my products in that price so I had to go and do like the exchange rate for each different product so that it would be the Australian equivalent so that's why like on our website we have those crazy prices of like 9.90 and (laughs) 14.90 so that it matches up with the price Australian dollars that I would want it to yeah (laughs) That's interesting. <laughs> I know. It's like something you wouldn't think about, but no. like that has a big impact. Yeah. Because at first it, it started advertising on YouTube as $22 and I'm like, wow, YouTube wants a really big cut. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized what was happening. Mm, interesting. Yeah. No, I feel like if you're doing online products like that, it's easier to play around with the numbers. But if you're doing like a farmer's market mm-hmm. or selling to a local person, oh, it's so easy cool. if you have clean numbers. Could Not you that imagine that at the farmer's thing, market, but... this is $9.90. Yeah. Oh, I don't have 90 cents. Exactly. Yeah. So just making it really easy. And it's, you know, a number that isn't too low. It's not too high. Um, It's just really approachable for people who have the money to buy flowers because it's not an essential. Flowers aren't essential. Um, But it's, yeah, just an easy number. So if you're going to a market, price around what you would want to pay, but also make it like like a $15 or $20 price point Mm -hmm. that way you're going to deal with change a lot easier Uh, it's going to be easy to track on uh, I just use like a square to be able to track that on my phone I can have the products a $20 market bouquet and then I can just um, have that as a as an item already Mm -hmm. it's much easier so Yeah, yeah so tell us about this little square thing how why did you pick that particular, I don't know what yeah. its name is. So it's just it's, a square. It's called a square. Yeah, it's just called, <laughs> it's a square Original. it's called a square. Yeah. Great branding. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is just a mini FPOS machine, basically. Mm-hmm. So you can tap or you can, um, yeah, insert your card. It's exactly like an FPOS machi- machine. Yeah. You just have an app on your phone that you you can either create a product and SKUs and all of that if you want to get into that have a product name and then you can just hop on the app click the product and then um, I like to show customers like what the price is on my phone yeah and then it'll yeah it'll come up with a green light it was at the bakery this morning yeah no I've definitely seen them but I mean 
like that's definitely something that in the modern world is necessary. Like I've had so many moments where I've gone to the farmer's market. This literally happened the other day. I went to the farmer's market and right now I'm unable to get cash out and I don't just have cash like laying around my house and I can't get cash out using my phone. I'm waiting for my bank card to come in the mail. I can't Mm. get cash out with like the travel card that I'm using at the moment. And so it just meant that every store that was cash only, I couldn't go and support. Mm. And I was almost like my hand was forced in only going to the ones that had the little card or going somewhere else completely. And so being able in this modern world as a farmer's market to have Something that's digital and allows people to just use their cards is just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it's definitely a must-have in my opinion I think so for too. doing that. And you can also have it connected to your website as well, some websites. So you can have an idea if you're selling more physical products and you sell some at the market. Hard to keep track. It can, yeah, it'll wow. automatically update it on your website oh, I love for how that. much stock you have. Yeah, so not that mine, I update will update stock on my website manually because it's however many I have and can make. But it is good to be able to track it. You have a physical um, receipt and you can also then refund people. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's very simple. It was only $39 for the square. It was on special. I think they're usually $59. should grab me one, even though I didn't have a business (laughs) then. Well, they're they're not too expensive anyway. Um, And there's all different sizes and I would definitely recommend them. Yeah, I love that. And speaking of quantities and displaying them on your website, this is another thing that I had to think about with our macrame pieces is right now on my website with the launch only just coming up, me not expecting it to go too crazy because I only have a small audience uh, that I'm kind of uh, bringing it out to. So right now I'm selling them made to order so someone puts in their order I make Mm -hmm. it and then I send it off to them but definitely if the business grows past a point where I can keep up with that because as I said Mm -hmm. I'm also we've got the YouTube channel I'm teaching I'm got life happening and all the things that you got to do to live so if I'm unable to kind of keep up with the demand then I'm going to start doing kind of like a um a batch drop Mm. where you know for the month of may i'm going to have 50 pieces and once they're gone they're gone and then you got to wait for the next launch of products um and then some people will be able to pre-order and then i can Mm. kind of predict how much i have to do um especially because i'm kind of hoping that i'll be able to market it as wedding favors Mm. um, because that's what i'm personally using for myself i actually This whole business idea started from me making my own wedding favors and being like, this is really lovely. Like one, it's really fun to do. And this would just be a really beautiful thing to share for someone else's wedding. Yeah. And yeah, but like, I'm just thinking if I've got three weddings that have 70 people each in like a space of few weeks, like that's really overwhelming. Yeah. And so that's where I've kind of had to think about this is it. This is the business plan and how I'll do it when it's small. And this Mm. is how I can make it manageable as it grows. Yeah. That's something that's really great to do is always have the next step in mind. Yeah. Yeah, With, and I do this all the time. I I literally don't shut up to Scott all the time (laughs) about my dreams and what I want to do. I cannot stop talking about it. Um, But it is important to just have people around you that you can talk through Mm -hmm. so that they can give you nice feedback and um just help you out a little bit 
because it's always good to be constantly growing because what I'm realizing with the flowers, I was so keen to get the flowers out and I put so much effort into it. I now don't have like enough flowers. So I really should have been succession sewing a lot more than I was. Um, So because I I didn't think that it was going to be, I guess, successful. So I, I need to have that mindset of always what's the next step and how am I going to get to that. So I like to kind of dedicate like one day in the week where I do all of like the back end website emails, all of that, and then have a little bit of creative time Mm -hmm. to then dream and journal and do that kind of thing. I love that. But I mean, that's the thing with starting out a business is you don't know exactly how it's going to go in the demand Mm. until you start. And so now that you know, Mm. you can be better at successionally sewing or now that you know how many bouquets of flowers you want to be selling in a week, you can prepare yourself for the future. You couldn't have predicted that a few months ago. Yeah. No, and I'm like, I'm probably pr- pretty hard on myself. Like I just, it's easy imposter syndrome and all of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I, I think if you've got everyone around you saying like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, mm-hmm. yes, go for it. Just listen to them because they're probably right. Yeah. I love <laughs> so, that. Yeah. Just believe in yourself. Exactly. Have the courage to do more than you think. In that moment, if you think you're going to be small, just say no. I'm going to aim for where I want to be. This is where I see myself and grow to that or make to that. Yeah. 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 There is the whole topic of manifestation that so many people are talking about. Mm -hmm. And like, I I don't delve into too much of that, but I really do think having a positive mindset has been the difference between where I am this year to where I was last year and just saying, I have this, I have a flower farm, I have products. It just you know, it kind of tricks your brain into actually just doing something each and every day. And then you end up going and selling your flowers and having everything put together. And yeah, it's been good to just manageably do things every single day, even if it's little. Yeah, I love that. I think it's really great though, that now that your flower farm is booming and like you've had a lot of this success, it's really great that you're soon going into the winter period and that can be like almost your hibernation. Mm. Think of your next dreams, think of what worked really well and what you Mm. would like to build on and then come into that next season, just like full force. No, I'm manifesting that. Winter's not going to be that bad. Oh, really? Well, I don't (laughs) know anything about flowers. To me, like... (laughs) I mean, my garden doesn't grow any flowers over winter time, so I'll be coming up here and getting bunches yeah. from you. No, in my mind, I have flowers all year round and so many flowers in winter. Oh, beautiful. So, I love that. Yeah, my dreams may be crushed, but I, don't I, can, think so. I can dream. No, not at all. You've always had plenty of flowers in your garden. I'm, yeah. I'm remembering photos and videos that I've seen on your pages yeah. and like, yeah, abundant with flowers. Me looking at my garden being like, oh, nothing's no. growing. <laughs> no. There's potatoes there, I promise. <laughs> Um, what I also wanted to chat about was kind of, and we're both not really there yet, but it's something just, we want to keep in mind is just like competition with others and whether, you know, we are nervous about that, how we approach that. Um, yeah. Do you have any ideas on, have you had a look at if there's any other similar businesses around your area? Uh, not, well, not actually macrame is quite big in Mm. my area as far as like, wall pieces like hanging macrame Mm -hmm. is pretty big like there are a few local artists that are getting into it and I think that's really exciting um I would love to even get in contact with them and learn from each other and like just chat through but 
yeah, like I think macrame has been a bit of a tricky business for me to feel like I can step into. And that's kind of been the reason I've held back for so long is because I've seen mm. that the competition is high. But I just, I bring it back to my why mm. is, you know, I'm trying to make this a sustainable for, thing for me. It's my creative passion. It's something I really enjoy doing on a regular basis anyways. And I'm really, I'm different in the field because of what I'm putting into the product. And it's not even just about like the macrame pieces as being the only sole thing that I'm thinking of. It goes back to my YouTube channel in that other people want to support me in what I'm doing and I don't want it to just be on a donation base where they're getting nothing back. Yeah. I want the support to come in still, but be able to feel like I'm giving something back. And sometimes with the YouTube channel, like I understand that the videos are the product in themselves, but to me it mm. feels like it's not enough and I want to give more. And yeah. so it comes back to just being able to do that with my audience. What about mm. you with competition? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, there's always going to be people growing flowers. Mm. There are really large flower farms around um, just north of where we are. And they're just different products. Like yeah. I look at all of the different businesses on Instagram and have a look at their bunches and they're all stunning. They're all just different. Yeah. And that's the thing about both food and flowers. You can just create something that a certain person likes. Someone else might not like it, mm -hmm. but that's fine. They can go to the other bunches exactly. if they don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And I think with the flower farms around, I know there's a few flower farmers around and maybe they're listening to this. Hello if you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I would love like one day when, you know, as we're kind of growing and maybe by then I would have said something as well, but just to uh, meet other flower farmers around, mm -hmm. whether they have just a backyard business or they've grown to a larger scale to be able to rely on each other and buy flowers off each other and learn. Um, I was going I to say with weddings, especially like you're yeah. going to need so many florals to make people's weddings happen. Like yeah. I can just see the amount of flowers that go into it yeah. and you can't possibly, um, if you especially want to sell it and market as well, bring mm. all your flowers into one wedding. Like it makes yeah. sense to build those connections and work together with other flower farmers too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean it's okay if you don't want to do that you just want to do it yourself as well um that's fine but I think it, there is some like it's a really great idea to just come together and then we're never going to all have the flowers that people want mm -hmm. so having that network is is really important and just also not being disheartened if uh someone else brings in their flowers or you start to then have more bouquets around you, just go somewhere else. Like yeah. just, um, I really wanted somewhere local. So I tried a few different places. Some of them, well, I mean, they've all worked, um, but I really wanted somewhere really local. So that's why I've just done my local garden center mm -hmm. area. And they like, they really, really wanted flowers, which was amazing. Yeah. And I'm finding that uh, so many places will want to sell your flowers. Like, Every place that I have gone, they've said yes. So I haven't gone to too many places. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's such a great market for flowers. And if you are thinking of starting a backyard flower farm, like I would totally recommend it yeah. because you can make a lot of money just from a small area. And just think of your local cafe, bakeries. I was I was going to go to the bakery that we go oh, to. Yeah, but you should. Yeah. I just, yeah, now have don't have enough flowers. Um 
but then also just remembering uh, yourself, how you as a person are with your personality, whether or not you want to do markets or not, because they're Mm -hmm. definitely not for everyone. If you are not interested in small talk or having chats, saying the same thing over and over again (laughs) to people. So yeah, knowing your personality is really important. If you are a, a very large introvert, maybe markets might not be it, but I'm also an introvert and I'm going to try markets. Yeah. It's not that I don't love being around people. I love that for that moment and then need to come home and play Animal Crossing and just like chill in my chill garden out. for a bit. Yeah. yeah. There's so knowing that is important. If you're not interested in retail and selling, just bring them to um yeah, like a shop and let them do the selling for you. You'll just have to know when you do that you're not going to be making the same amount as if you are the one selling it. Yeah. So I've had to come to an agreement with where I'm selling them that I take in a certain amount and then they pay me for a certain amount. And then um, I don't have the money for all of them, but they get a little bit in return for using their time and effort to sell the flowers. Yeah. And if anything, it's almost like the time that you spend at the farmer's market is that mm-hmm. cost that you're paying yeah, with true. selling yeah, it so- at the shop. That's also another important thing to note when you're creating the the price of mm-hmm. of an arrangement. So yeah, I do twenty dollars and I market I put together a twenty dollar bouquet. So twenty dollars worth of flower stems mm-hmm. that are spray free and organic, not certified because it's hard to get certification. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a pretty good price for those flowers. It's not a massive, massive bunch. But the value and the um, time and effort that's gone into it is definitely worth the money. Yeah. So I think the last thing um, we really want to talk about with these small businesses and launching them off the ground is marketing Mm. them. And some of the ways that we kind of present it out to people and encourage Mm. others to know that it exists and be able to support it as well. So I know that we were out in your garden just before Mm. photographing. um, And I've actually, I've really enjoyed Mm. photographing (laughs) the pieces. Yeah, they look amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm a born natural or I have like an aesthetic, like a, like I'm not perfect at it, but just the fun of Mm. putting together a set or I use a lot of natural elements like the leaves and flowers around me just to place them around my pieces because they are so like earthly in a way and I I want to bring my ethos out into the product and the photographs of it. So yeah, making sure you've got good lighting Mm. where you are, Mm -hmm. putting in a bit of interest, a bit of color, especially if um, your products are one tone or only a few colors um, has been my best advice when it comes to photographing Mm. your pieces yeah yeah I think with flowers I think um, if you can invest in a good camera I think um, just to get some high quality shots for either your website or Instagram I think with flowers it makes a real big difference because they're so intricate and detailed yeah you want having a, every detail yeah like having the focus on a particular bloom or on a larger photo I just think of investing in a, a good DSLR camera is a good idea um, for flowers and then Instagram has been mm-hmm. probably the best way to bring in customers and uh, yeah with flowers they kind of just sell themselves honestly like there's not much I could say on marketing but I think playing in with your personality is is important so I really love I love fairy gardens I love whimsical style gardens so I try and 
add that to my bouquets and have a little bit of that flair in them. Mm-hmm. I also love nature and uh, natural colors. So I just use brown craft paper. Mm-hmm. And then everything is also compostable. The sticker is also, you can compost it. The paper, the only thing you can't compost is the little staple, but I can't really get around that too much. You can recycle it, go to a metal centre. Yeah, just just collect them all after you buy flowers from me every week and then you'll have enough. (laughs) Yeah, you should have a collection bin for staples. (laughs) Yeah. Just kidding. But um, yeah, Instagram has been a really fantastic thing, Mm. especially because I know I personally, as a consumer, as a customer, I go to Instagram to find local businesses and I go to Instagram as soon as I discover a new cafe that I love or a product that I love and I like them and I follow them. And that's just my way to show support for things that I really, truly believe in. And so that is a great place to market your products. Um, I've also really enjoyed like using TikTok Instagram and YouTube using the shorts just to capture myself creating the product or filming the products themselves Mm. and just sharing that out with a bit of beautiful music. Um, It's just been a really fun way to capture everything that goes into making your business happen. And yeah, there's a really huge community on TikTok for small businesses. Like it's crazy big. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too into TikTok. No, and that's fine. <laughs> but I Instagram is kind of where I focus on. And I, I do think on Instagram, and this is what we're both kind of doing, um, showing yourself a little bit more mm-hmm. is important. I think if you're self-conscious, like just take a – just, you know, have like your face or whatever. Just the back of your just head. Just do the good side of your face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think have knowing the person behind the brand is really important. So I try and – do photos of me holding the flowers so you can see you know myself and yeah it just it it really does make a difference like I like to know the farmer where I'm buying my veggies from the veggies are beautiful and the flowers are gorgeous but I like to know the person as well especially if it's a small local business yeah you're you're going there for the product itself but also the person behind it yeah yeah so if it does make you uncomfortable to do that just think of it as just do one post for like your business and then posts for yourself that yeah. make you comfortable and just a beautiful and whatever. And then just do something for just the business that you know is going to probably grow it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that time, a lot of the time it is adding your personality in and or a bit of a backstory on where you've come from and things yeah. like that for small businesses. I think that's really important. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to wrap it up now, guys. And yeah. Speaking of small businesses, Earthly Roots is our small business as well, but Mm -hmm. we don't, this is more of a passion project at the moment. It's our way of chatting to each other through things and connecting with all of you. But if you are interested in supporting what we're doing and helping us to move to our next steps as well, we do have a Buy Me a Coffee page and a donation of any kind is appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would absolutely love you to head over there and check that out as well. Um, But we do also have an Instagram page where we share lots of behind the scenes, um, funny clips, beautiful photos of our gardens and ourselves. I will definitely need to put together like a blooper reel as well, maybe for YouTube or buy me a coffee. I'll, I'll try and do it for the buy me a coffee page. Yeah. 
because there's so many points, there's so many chats that just don't make it into no, the podcast because we um we mess up a little bit sometimes. Or and, especially the animals just oh, being the animals. involved. Yeah, being Even involved. Like they're not invited. Yeah, not good. <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll post over there, and uh, we also just love hearing your feedback. If you want to leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcasting app that you listen on. Or you can comment on Instagram and YouTube as well. I was going to say, if you haven't done any of those things yet, one thing you can do, if you do have a small business, drop it down below in the comments mm. if you're on the YouTube. Yep. Or let us know on Instagram what your small business is, maybe your why as well, and where on that journey you are. Great idea. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and we will see you next time. See you guys. Bye.